1: Swinging from a seven-story window Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell It's astounding the legs I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help Yeah, I am waving while I drown Don't bother swimming out to save me, I will only drag you down I'll try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two you into the sunset, sipping on savoury water till my liver turns blue. Sound So standin' the lengths I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Oh, fuck.
0: Oh. Put down your pens, put down your pencils, step away from the keyboards and settle in for this week's episode of The Writer's Block. The Writer's Block is a production of Muddied Waters Media, and I am your host, Matt Wright, host of The Writer's Block. Ah. Uh, uh, first and foremost, allow me to thank the Narcissist Cookbook for allowing me to use his music on this in every episode of The Writer's Block. And as well, let me thank Don and Sally Wright, who many moons ago this week gave birth to me, making all of this possible. And uh, as always, thank you to Grassroots Cava House for the cava that I drink on this and every episode of The Writer's Block. To all above, I say, Bula Vinaka. For anybody interested, uh, you should go on YouTube and you should find the Narcissist Cookbook uh, YouTube page and listen to his completely legal reading of uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It is fantastic and it has definitely uh, put me to sleep many a night uh, with his very soothing British timbre. Um, Today on my show, I am very happy, (laughs) I am very excited to have on my guest who is ready to take over Westeros, but to free you, the Dragon <laughs> oh Queen no. herself, the meme lord, Rochelle Blackfire. Hello. Hi. Woo. That is the first Game of Thrones reference I have made in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good. Uh, A little bit tired, but good.
0: I get that, Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I'm complaining about, I was complaining about how tired I was right before we started this, uh, started this and then you're like, yeah, I haven't slept in like two days. I'm like, oh yeah, you, all right, you win. Um,
2: it, it it's what happens when you work overnight. I do sleep. It's just in short bursts.
0: Right. Um, um, so you, are one of the admins and activists at the fantastic, one of my favorite Facebook pages uh, today, uh, Liberate RVA.
2: Yes. I also run another meme page called Capitalist Memes for Economically Illiterate Teens.
0: Capitalist Memes for Economic Illiterate Teens. Yes. It's, you know, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's a
2: page.
0: I, yeah. I, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez should definitely sign up for that page. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you uh, obviously, with the fact that you are one of the admins on uh, Liberate RVA, which for, okay, hang on a second, before we get into all of this, uh, Richmond, Virginia is one of my favorite cities on the planet. Literally, uh-huh. like, I love Richmond so much. I love Richmond so much, I didn't want to move there because I didn't want it to get ruined for me. Um I, uh, one of my, I was living in Northern Virginia and my best friend in the entire world was my roommate. And then one day he said, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm moving down to Richmond. And I was very surprised by that. Cause why would anybody not want to live with me? Um, <laughs> and that actually makes a lot more sense if you know me. And then, uh, he, uh, so he moved down to Richmond and I would go down and spend a lot of time with him. And, uh, like I was telling you uh, before the show, he lived on Elwood, which was like two blocks from Cary Street. And back then I was drinking heavily. And I would go down to visit him for long weekends. And we would hit Cary Street. And there was one bar on Cary Street that was quite possibly. If I was telling, like, if anybody else would tell me the story of this bar, it it would be like from a fantasy world because there was not a single time I walked into that bar and didn't leave with a girl. It was my favorite place on earth.
2: (laughs) So it wasn't babes.
0: It was not babes. No, it was a New York. (laughs) It wasn't
2: Godfrey's either.
0: No, it was New York deli. Um, I would go into New York deli. Some guy, his room or not his roommate, his neighbor was like, I don't get it. How do you always leave with women here? I'm like, I don't know. How do you not? And he's like, they don't want to talk to me. And I said, Well, what girl do you want to meet? And he pointed to one, and I said, hey, have you met this guy? And she said no, and he ended up leaving with her. He goes, you're like the best wingman ever. And I'm like, it's only here. This place is magical. So if anybody out there is in Richmond, Virginia, go to New York Deli. It's a magical, magical place. It's on Carey Street. Um, I highly recommend going there. And then the next morning to celebrate your awesome night, go to Galaxy Diner uh, and get a Callahan for me and post it on our wall. Uh, 'cause I miss that stuff- God, I miss that place um but yeah, Richmond is a fantastic city, and I do miss going there often um, so uh now back on to what we were talking about um so how is it that you found yourself to be a libertarian slash anarchist activist on the one, yeah on on the old book of faces and the rest of social media.
2: Yeah. Um, so anarchy, um, how'd I get there? Um, I, I don't know. I was just like raised, in, I was raised in a small town that's just West of Richmond. It's called Powhatan. Um, the, my family is like, like they're, they're Democrat. They would have voted for Hillary. Okay. Um, but they were more like socially conservative, which is weird. It was mostly just, like, a pro-welfare thing. So I grew up kind of seeing how welfare was abused, so I never supported that. But, like, I did kind of end up being a socialist when I was in high school. Okay. Um, Thanks, Bernie Sanders. Right, yeah. Uh, The 2016 election was a roller coaster. (laughs) So after Bernie Sanders lost, I was like, well, there's got to be options other than Hillary and Trump. They've got to be out there somewhere. Right. So I found the libertarian party and you know, the like old phrase that's like, what's the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist six months. That that was true in my case. Um, so I,
0: I was going to say, if you were a socialist during the uh, two 2016 election, thanks Bernie Sanders. Um, and then you found the libertarian party. You found the Libertarian Party shortly thereafter. uh, And, like, it would have had to have only been about six months (laughs) before you became an anarchist. Like, your journey from socialist to anarchist must have been, like, nine, ten months max.
2: Yeah. Well, I always kind of, like, disliked the government because I I disliked public schools. Um, I, I grew up in, like, an unsafe family environment. So. I was like, there's gotta be a better way to fix this than social services and CPS because they're not doing anything. And and then like looking at the psychiatric industry, because I was also put on like Ritalin and stuff at like age from ages five to thirteen and I'm like this stuff doesn't work. It seems like it's mostly a negative impact. I'm like, how how is this legal? How and then you learn about how the how like corrupt that whole system is. So it was always kind of like anti-establishment, anti-government. It was just misdirected, right? At one point to be anti-capitalist or anti-free market.
0: Right. Yeah. We um a couple of weeks but, ago, a couple of weeks ago on a uh, our, our on the flagship show, uh, "Muddied Waters of Freedom," Spike and I were talking about how we we as a nation have been prescribing like Ritalin and that kind of things to children who. Should not be in my mind taking meth because um, that's what that is. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking about how we give these kids Ritalin, we're giving them meth, and then we're turning around and uh, they get hurt. So we put them on opiates. So we're giving them meth, and then we're giving them heroin, and we're basically giving them little kitty speed balls that are sanctioned by the government. And then we're like, why are they all screwed up? It makes uh, the, that entire industry is so messed up and. They aren't even attempting to hide that anymore.
2: Yeah. And then, like, like if you look at, um, like, most of these kids, like, I would say, I think a good majority of them are just kids dealing with trauma or something, or just reacting to being in such a terrible, like, schooling environment. Right. Um, so then, like, you know, people get to their adult age, and they're just continually describing prescribed like antidepressants and anti-anxiety problem, um, medicines and those don't fix the root of the problem but most of the things that could fix the root of the problem are illegal they're schedule one well not fix but help
1: people right,
0: right. I mean uh, that was actually uh, I'm trying to think if there is a place in Richmond that sells this I don't think so well there probably is but I just don't know about it um, One one of the things the reason that this entire podcast channel exists is because of Kaveh and Kratom. Um, and mm-hmm. we, you know, we started out as an ad, we started out as two guys who were advocating for people's right to use Kratom when they wanted to. Um, and it started when the government was trying to get rid of it. Yeah.
2: Some smoke shops around here sell it. Like, like it'll be a shop for like tobacco stuff, but right. We all know what these, these bongs are being used for. Right, yeah, exactly. Or, or, like, vape shops. There There's, like, one legit vape shop that actually sells vape stuff for vaping, the rest of them are just, like, disguised smoke shops. Right. And, like, a lot of them will sell Kratom. And I've seen Kava at, um, actually this pagan store. Or, um, what's it called? I don't, oh, my mind's mom, my totally blanking out. There's like this pagan store somewhere on Cary street or used to be there. They recently moved. They sell Kava.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, you can find it a lot in like the holistic tea places and stuff like that. Um,
2: yeah, it's more of like a, like Eastern spirituality store than pagan. Right. But right. I, I go there for more like the pagan leaving stuff.
0: When you, uh, I, this is just me personally, like, um, I would not buy kratom from a smoke shop or a head shop or a vape store. Yeah, to, uh, if you if anybody ever wants to try it, uh, I would recommend VIPKratom.com. Uh, a good friend of mine runs it, and I know he's got high quality product. Um, and you kn- you know what you're getting there. The stuff at smoke shops, I just I've never trusted, it, and I think that's a big reason why the government has tried. Like besides the fact that it's hurting the uh, the pharmaceutical industry, I think that's a big reason governments have been trying to like stop it because people, people are selling it out of these smoke shops and they don't know what it is. They're just giving it to people and they're selling it to kids. And I mean, yeah, again, I think that government's like, oh, we need to regulate this in some way. And I'm not for that, but I do think that self-regulation needs to happen. So that's why I always try to push uh, VIP Kratom dot com.
2: Yeah. I think the important thing about, um, like, well, with Kratom or just any drug use in general is to teach, like, there's a, there's, like, a time and a place for this, there's a way to use it, and anything can become destructive, but you just have to be doing it for the right reasons. Exactly. And, like, moderating your use if it is, if it's something that's, like, daily use, like, Kratom or weed or something You want to like make sure you're not overdoing it
0: Right That's that's going to be a big part That's a big part of how I found out That I was a libertarian Is um, Personal responsibility uh, You know I'm like I don't own a firearm But that's because I don't trust myself With a firearm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I don't think that that means that you shouldn't own a firearm, because yeah. you may be responsible enough to have one.
2: Yeah, that's 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 something I learned. Like with um, like I started out as a socialism just because like I I want I wanted to like I started out as with like socialism because like I wanted to help people. Like, and then I learned, hey, the government's not going to do that. So, like, uh, yeah, I think people should privately, if they have a lot of money, help each other. But I don't think it should be forcing people through the government now.
0: Right. Exactly.
2: So that's kind of what made me... Well, yeah, so I was looking for a third options. And I discovered the Libertarian Party. And then I just got progressively, like, more and more minarchist. And then my friend Carl, who used to be a part of the Powhatan LP... I was talking to him about, like, political stuff. He was like, actually, let me tell you about this group Liberate RVA. It's an anarchist group. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I've always found the idea of anarchy interesting, but I'm not sure how it would work. Let me join this Facebook group. So I, like, debated with him for a few months. I was like, this is a good idea. And then I showed up for one of the, um, we do, like, gun club where we just, like, uh, practice shooting in a range. I showed up to that and met everyone. I was like, okay, this is cool. These are cool people. And now I live with the person who runs it.
0: Wow. That's yeah. I mean uh, people uh so Spike, I'm as far as the muddied waters go, I'm like the resident minarchist and Spike is our resident anarchist. And um mm-hmm. and uh Jason, uh he, he is the LP. He is the member of the L P uh in our group. So it's like we're all different factions but uh Spike slowly been getting me over to the anarchist section of the group and one day I was doing some work for Jason was doing some work for uh, the libertarian party I was doing some work for the uh, Republican Liberty Caucus cuz they pay money and that makes that better and Spike was like I feel like I should do something like really anarchisty and I'm like isn't not working for any organization the most anarchist thing you can do <laughs> And he goes, thank you for making me feel good about not doing anything. I was like, no problem, buddy, I got you. (laughs) Like, you can't really lead an anarchist group because based on definition alone, there isn't one.
2: Yeah, but um, I mean the person who founded it and does uh, a lot of the activism. Um, Cal, he's the one I told you to a friend. He's like the main admin of the Liberate RVA page.
0: Right. Yeah, he's got a fantastic, like, one, Liberate RVA is easily my favorite Facebook page, like I said earlier, but, uh, yeah, just his personal page is hilarious. That guy's, that guy's great. I cannot wait to get him on this show as well. Um, Yeah,
2: he's he's plugged into the meme energy, definitely. Yes,
0: he is. I'm, I'm, I would be lying if I, if I said I hadn't stolen a meme or two from you guys, because I've taken a bunch. Um, but, so, I mean, you guys are, like, you guys are literally killing it. Well, okay, not literally. You're figuratively killing it, uh, because I think not too long ago, you were at, like, 2,000 likes, and recently you passed us quickly. Like, you guys blew up. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's been amazing to watch. Like, I've always known that with, uh with social media pages, you're going to start out kind of slow and you're kind of going to get your own, you're going to like get a small base and that base will share. And then one day everything will start taking off and you'll just hit that next level. And watching it happen for you guys, because we kind of did it at the exact same time. We started ra- rising at the exact same time.
1: And- um,
2: I think part of it has to do with the like Liberty purge on Facebook. So people are looking for new pages. Because all their favorite pages are gone,
0: you know, I here to
2: fill the market. I hadn't,
0: I hadn't even thought about that, but that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, they were, they started kicking out all of the liberty, all of the liberty pages. Liberty memes is on like their nine hundredth page now. And I,
2: I met the admins, and I was like, I run a meme page too, capitalist memes for economically literate teens. They're like, I know you, and I'm like. Yes, they know who I am.
0: Right, um, yeah. It, I didn't even think about that. That is a really great point. That uh, because of Facebook trying to get rid of all of the uh, liberty-leaning meme pages and uh, Facebook groups and things like that, that people are looking for some void to fill that void, and we we are that void. We we are the we are the. Whatever fills a the void. The void fill. Yeah, we are whatever fills a the void. Um,
2: there, there's actually a product called Void Fill. I, I saw it in like a meme. I don't, I don't know what it's actually for, but the meme was like, "Oh, I didn't know this exists. I've been just been using alcohol." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fucked up. That's, that's funny.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say we, we we're like the rebound relationships after their pages went away. Um, <laughs> We're, we're the ones that they're going to stick with for years and just be like, well, oh, this is good enough.
2: Uh, <laughs> I guess this whole do.
0: Right. Um, but no, nah, uh, th- seriously, you guys put out a lot of really, really, really great stuff. Um, and when I messaged the page and I was like, I love your page, you guys are growing huge and I want to get you on my podcast. And you immediately answered like that was like a zero zero wait time on that message uh which was awesome um you yeah said,
2: we, between me and cal it's usually us that answers the messages but we've got like a few more admins okay so, so we're usually pretty good about answering
0: yeah um but you said uh i was asking some some topics that you really cared about and uh you said that you were really interested in peaceful parenting yes now what can you tell me about peaceful parenting
2: okay so um basically it's the it's the idea that like if if we to treat the like next generation better if like we learn to like stop the cycle of abuse then it'll stop creating criminals and like bad people for society Because if you, like, look into the origins of, like, most of the disorders that kind of lead to violent behavior, a lot of them are, like, rooted in abuse. So if we, like, peaceful – so the premise of peaceful parenting is that, like, you know, if you treat people well, they learn to treat others well. So it would, like, set up a to move more smoothly in, like, a a libertarian, anarchist way. Okay, so – and, like, if you don't, like, treat your children as, like, property or as, like, you're ruling over them, they won't be as susceptible to being treated like the government's property or being ruled over by the government.
0: Okay. All right. So, instead of taking in, for lack of a better term, an authoritarian approach on parenting, mm-hmm. uh, you would be... So in it, would you be allowing your children to make most of their decisions on, like, whether or not they want to go to school and that kind of stuff? Or is it you're just going to – you you still have to do these things, but you have to take the consequences of the actions outside of it?
2: Um, Unschooling and homeschooling are pretty popular among the peaceful parenting community. Right. Um, I wouldn't just, like, let – like, if – Someday when I have children, I'm not just going to let them do whatever. Like, my property rights rules will abide. But it's more like not using violence to, put, like, teach. <laughs> like, like, like basically just don't hit your kids. Okay. And try to, like, teach them nonviolent communication and nonviolent ways to solve problems.
0: All right. Um, you know, like, so... I'm a little older than you, like not much obviously like you know a yeah. co- couple years max. And um so when I was growing up uh that was not an option. Um, you know we we had capital punishment from fr- from the parental units. And uh, you know I got you know I got spanked, I got grounded, I got you know all of that. Um,
2: yeah, I grew up with that too. Okay. But most I think most people do.
0: I think a good portion of them do. I see it less and less nowadays. I see more parents
2: uh,
0: kind of picking the peaceful parenting option. But most of the parents that I see doing it, how do I say this properly? Eh, I'll just say it. Most of the parents that I see doing it are like your hardcore lefties who uh, have kids who I hate.
2: Yeah, um, I think a lot of them are spoiling their kids. And I think there's a fine line between, like, you don't want to spoil your children. Like, you want them to learn how to solve things themselves to right. an extent. And, like, I think a lot of leftists might not, like, hit their kids. But I think a lot of them were, like, emotionally abusive to their children. That's what I've noticed from people that grew, grew up that were raised by super hardcore leftists.
0: That actually like that actually makes a lot of sense uh i could I could definitely see some sort of uh i guess mental mental abuse or uh, kind of a narcissistic personality abuse where uh, the parents would be trying to psychologically get to them as opposed to actually having a real conversation yeah the 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 Jewish mother of parenting (laughs) um i i can say that because my co-host is a jewish guy so that's fine yeah Uh,
2: (laughs) if you if you want to get someone on to talk like to an extensive amount about peaceful parenting and (laughs) like uh, um bexley farnsworth is good
0: oh yeah i'm friends with her on facebook she's
2: yeah. So yeah, she's like an expert on this stuff. She's researched childcare a ton. She doesn't have kids yet, but she's done like a ton of research. So if you want to have like a super in-depth conversation about that, she she'd be great for it. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, I'll have to reach out to her. Uh, I I like her post. She's she's very funny, um, and I think that she's in one of the uh, libertarian March Madness brackets. Yeah, I'm not sure. If
2: she- oh my god. <laughs> i saw the only, I, I saw the fakertarians, the fakertarians one because only. jackie mason shared it and i'm like oh lord what is this
0: yeah um i was really Vers- i was really happy to find my name not on the fakertarians bracket
2: yeah um, but, i where is the libertarian march madness thing coming from because i've only seen the fakertarians
0: uh i i i thought i saw uh bexley share it today but I could okay. I, I could have been wrong on it being her that shared somebody shared it today and they were very excited that they were on it and uh, I need to go in and fill out my bracket um, because I think that one was for uh, best libertarian uh, as opposed, I think as opposed to the fakertarian one which is not a real I
2: looked thing. over the fakertarian ones and I'm going to have to nominate Cantwell for best fakertarian. Like, hi, you're the worst to libertarian.
0: So, uh, my, my vote would actually be somebody else, but it's somebody whose name I said I would never say on this show.
2: Um, Ooh.
0: yeah. But I'll his, his real Is name. Is it
2: Kokesh?
0: No, his name, his real name's Austin Gillespie. Um.
2: Austin Peterson?
0: No. God, no. I like Austin.
2: I thought I saw, I thought I saw him.
0: He may have been on okay. there. Um, no, he ran for Senate in Florida, and now he's doing something out in California for the Republican Party. Uh, he drinks goat blood. and uh, What? Yeah.
2: Who drinks goat blood? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who this is now. Yeah,
0: Austin Gillespie drinks goat blood. Um, he gave himself a name. Um, I may as well just say it since I've said so many hints to it. Uh, Augustus Invictus.
2: I haven't heard of him. Wow,
0: what's You're,
2: the story?
0: Man, that is such a long story. I I can't. We don't have that kind of time for me to go into all of that. But he ran oh for. Oh my god! He ran for senate here in Florida.
2: Oh, he was in Unite the Right. Okay, yeah, I don't think I understand now.
0: Yeah, I think he knows Cantwell. He definitely knows Cantwell. Um, I'm gonna
2: have to look into this guy.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's, uh, doing something out in California now. Um, but yeah, good old Austin. Uh, I, w- I was still a member of the LP here in Florida when he was running. Um, and I left because I wasn't going to deal with that, but, um, I, I'm willing to bet he does not use peaceful parenting. Um, <laughs> it's just a shot in the dark. Uh, I'm not going to say that for certain, though. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Whew. I have not talked about that guy in a really long time. Um, but yeah, so. So yeah, that he actually would be my bet for uh, fakest. fakest, uh, fakest any,
2: anyone that was part of Unite the Rights, probably a fake libertarian.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, so a lot of. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, a lot of uh, a lot of big news has happened over the past week, um, which we didn't, oh yeah, which we didn't get a chance to really cover on Tuesday because we didn't have a show because it was uh, my birthday and then uh, Spike's wedding anniversary, so we took that day off. Um, but one of the things that I actually wanted to talk to you about is uh, the fact that Donald Trump signed an executive order. Um, mm-hmm. Signed an executive order. Uh, protecting free speech on college campuses—is this a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Um, my opinions are pretty complex because I've done campus activism, so okay. I know how hostile the environment is. Right. I've never been asked to leave. Um. But I've like. Like one of the people who i I follow that like I, I follow people of like all different political stripes, so like this isn't an endorsement of everything that he says necessarily, but I follow Ben Shapiro a lot um, just because I find him interesting to talk to. I know he's had like a lot of trouble with the campus free speech right, and I think uh, a few a few other of the people I follow have. Yeah, I know. Um, so,
0: like Ben Shapiro, Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh,
2: yeah, I follow Milo a little bit.
0: Steven Crowder, like a lot of the people on the right, have been having a lot of issue with it. So I mm-hmm. I, I understand. I I I understand the desire to want to protect that. I get. Yeah. That. Um, but
2: I d- don't like the expansion of executive orders. Like it, no matter what it is. But at the same time, these co- a lot of these colleges are publicly funded. So, I mean, if they're going to take my money, I think that they should have a more, like, equal opportunity for speech. But at the same time, I don't want them taking my money in the first place. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, that's
0: kind of my thing on it, is I don't feel, me personally, I don't feel as though you need an executive order to protect the First Amendment, I feel as though the First Amendment's kind of
2: yeah protecting but the them. First Amendment should cover it
0: right. And the fact that you have colleges who are you have colleges who are stopping people like your Ben Shapiro's and your uh, Stephen Crowders and your Milo Yiannopoulos, who again, I don't agree with these guys on everything. I I enjoy watching. I, I watch a lot of Stephen Crowder because I think he's funny. Uh Ben mm-hmm. Shapiro, I think he can debate the crap out of a college kid. I don't oh, know.
2: He can, he can talk so damn fast. He
0: talks so fast in such a high pitched voice.
2: We're like, actually slowing him down. Right. Have you seen that uh Freedom Tunes? Yeah. Okay, so what
0: I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna talk to you guys for a really quick time, and I'm just gonna keep going and going and going until your heads just can't take all the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs>
2: When you get Cal to come out here, have him do his Ben Shapiro impression because it's good. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely have um, to do
0: that. But so I get that. I, I,
2: facts don't care about your feelings.
0: Facts don't care about your feelings. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I understand the frustration by the people on the right who are like, you know, we're just trying to. We are being brought on by students who want us to come on and talk about. Whatever political issues were brought on to talk about. And then the college says no. Like I understand the frustration there. The college is making the mistake, in my personal opinion. The college is making the mistake of saying no because you are stopping the First Amendment from actually happening. Now, I don't think an executive order is what needed to be done. I think more so... Students need to get together and say, no, we're going to do this anyway. Like you can't stop us from having it mm-hmm. or or we're going to pull all of our tuition money back. Holding people's holding the money, holding the federal money from going to the school isn't going to stop the school from doing anything. In my personal opinion.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, I'd agree with that, but, like, I understand why it, it was done. It was also probably done as, like, a popularity move, because we've got we've got 2020 coming up soon, and, like, the Republican Party's been, like, smattered since 2016. I like this, I think, because that's what everyone in the party's, fresh, the Republican Party and the Libertarian Party, too, so he's trying to pull Libertarian support, he's trying to pull Libertarian support, too, in, in some way is free speech like they feel like they're being silenced or um like just the the, like the news you see going around is like alt-right neo-nazi and really it was just jordan peterson giving a speech or something yeah when when you have
0: uh when you have college campuses comparing ben shapiro uh and calling him a nazi
2: he's literally jewish so, and then Milo's a gay.
0: Yeah. he He's a gay Jewish guy who's married to a black guy.
2: I know. Like
0: he is obviously not a neo-Nazi by any stretch of the imagination. Um, like the closest one, maybe Crowder, but Crowder definitely isn't one either. Like n- none of these guys
2: Crowder's actually just a Republican, right?
0: Crowder's just a Republican who claims to be a libertarian. Um, even though he's not, uh, Um, but he makes me laugh, so I'll continue to watch him. Um, but I get it. Like these guys deserve that. They, these are publicly funded schools. They are brought on by the students, the, you know, the college Republicans or the college libertarians, the, the change my mind segments that Crowder does, they're technically done on public property. There's Uh no reason that they should be able to kick him off of campus for any of these things. So He said uh, the executive order stated that uh, if a college is to do this, they're going to pull money for research. Okay, well, you're still going to get money from tuition. You're still going to get money from – so you're just not going to get the grants is basically it is the way that I see it. But I'm willing to bet that there will be a way around it with, say – I don't know, a George Soros type who says, okay, if you don't let this guy on, I'll give you that money for the research. Yeah. And then it becomes a privately funded research group and then it's no longer a private school or a public school.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, though. Pulling the research isn't going to do anything because, like, people are donating, bill- like, millions of dollars to, like, Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign like the money's out there if yeah. they want to like stop free speech I mean, like it's pretty much like that base so like
0: right i mean aunt becky instead of paying a tutor five hundred thousand dollars to get her kid into college could have just paid five hundred thousand dollars for a research grant uh to usc and probably gotten her kid into college that way and then she yeah. wouldn't be in as much trouble as she is now Um, so you did, you said you did, uh, some campus activism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. A little bit. What, what were you working on?
2: Um, mostly with liberate RV, doing like, um, basically we would talk to people about, um, the non-aggression principle. Okay. Like, but we would do it in a much simpler way and then explain like how the, it Basically, are you against using violent means to force your opinions on other people and like to solve problems? And once we establish that they would prefer non violent ways, we just show how like the government uses violence to do things like through tax, like they're funded through taxes, which is funded through theft, which is a form of violence, and then like the enforcement if you don't do what police say. They can arrest you. If you resist arrest, they can chase after you and eventually shoot you. So it's like, it's not an explicit threat of violence, but it's just underneath everything at all times. Right. Like, that's why you pull over when the when the, you see the lights behind you. Because, not because you're obeying law, but because you're afraid.
0: I mean, and that's not even if, uh, that's not even if you see the lights behind you. That's just... If you're driving down the road and a cop passes you, you immediately slow down or you get worried. Like you yeah. have that fear go through you and you shouldn't have that. Cops are meant to serve and protect, but instead what, they, <laughs> what they've turned themselves into is the uh, charge and uh, fundraise for the state. Have
2: you seen the um, meme that's like showing the cop car that says serve and protect in quotation marks? No. There's like a cop car that had servant protecting quotation marks. It's like, it's like they know they're being sarcastic.
0: And I pretty much anybody who has dealt with the court system knows that they're being sarcastic. Mm Because when you go to jail at 19 years old for a dime bag of marijuana, uh, which that's dating myself a little bit, uh, you realize that this is really stupid. Um. So I'm just going to take a wild shot in the dark Based on the uh, intro I gave you And everything else And the uh, whole Liberate RVA theme You're really excited about Game of Thrones Coming out, aren't you?
2: Oh, yes I'm so excited, season 8
0: So uh, I have never seen Game of Thrones I've never seen an episode um, I, I, I know that something about dragons are involved, um, and a lot of incest and uh, Oh, that, well, that is basically, my, I
2: mostly focus on the dragons.
0: That's fair. Um, <laughs> that's basically my entire knowledge of game of Thrones. Um, I think somebody in there is the Dothraki's, uh, not a hundred percent sure if I made that up. Um, <laughs> So, what are your? Because th- I don't care. You can spoil whatever you want for me. What are your <laughs> theories on season eight?
2: Um, I I need Cersei to die. Okay. Which is, I've I've put up with her existence for eight seasons. Fair. Um, she's just the worst character.
0: Is she the blonde one?
2: Yes. Okay. The short blonde like the short blonde blonde hair like the white blonde hair is Daenerys and that's why I have white blonde hair because she's my favorite character. Oh, okay. Um anyway, Cersei, yeah. Uh, I don't like her. She she's where <laughs> the incest comes in. She, um she's where the incest comes in. Yeah. So oh yeah, so she's sleeping with her brother and she's just terrible. Uh, I hope there's this theory that the brother, Jamie Lannister, is going to kill her. And I'm like, I support this theory. Um,
0: okay. So her brother is sleeping with her and she, like, is he being, for, like, does he not have a choice?
2: He does, but he does eventually stop sleeping with her at some point. Okay. Anyway, th- okay, so all of all of her children are actually her brothers, but everyone thinks that it's the, the king who was the king in the first season, but he died at the end of season one at her hands, basically. Like, it was a weird plot, but she was responsible for him dying. They think that's all his kids. Um. So the son that becomes king after that is also just a little asshole... Nobody likes Joffrey. Okay, that's the yeah. There's that's
0: like, the, that's a little smug looking one, right?
2: Yeah, okay. and there's like a gif of the the midget dude Tyrion slapping him. Like that's just the best gif ever.
0: Uh, um, that's the, not a gif. That's not a gif. Not
2: a gif. The midget, I don't like people that pronounce it gif. The
0: the the the, the, the Tyrion Tyrion Lannister. He, yeah, he's. The, I, I he, drink
2: and I know things.
0: Okay, he's the guy that's in um, uh, Avengers Infinity War, right?
2: I haven't seen Infinity War.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying... He was an Elf, right?
2: I think he was.
0: Yeah, I I think... Okay, I just want to make sure I had the right person in mind. Um, Because, again, never seen Game of Thrones, and this blows people away because, like, you know... Star Wars, yes. Yeah. Star Trek, yeah. Lord Star of the Rings, Star Wars, yes. Yeah, all of these. I've seen all of them. Game of Thrones, I've never watched, and I don't know anything about. So people make reference to it all the time, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're even coming close to talking about right now.
2: My favorite character is Daenerys. She's um, she's the Dragon Queen. Um, she starts off so before the series, there was this family that ruled westeros called the targaryens but they were overthrown by robert baratheon who was the king i mentioned earlier um so her and her brother are off in essos which is this country to the east of westeros and he really reached deep
0: into the uh deep into the name bag for that one okay so we have westeros (laughs) what's to the east of that iseros (laughs) Essos, okay. Essos, whatever, yeah. Essos.
2: Sothorios is to the south.
0: Wow, he's that George R. R. Martin. He he really knew. <laughs> what what's to the north? Please tell me it's Norios. It's
2: it's the land of always winter.
0: Okay, is that what's coming? That that's what's been coming yeah, for you. Okay,
2: this, the ice zombies are coming. Okay. Uh they now have a dragon.
0: Okay. Well, that, I feel as though in that world, you would need one.
2: Um, so, yeah, she starts off, and ma- Daenerys gets married off to one of the Duthraki, which is where that comes in. They're, like, horse people. Okay. They're, like, horseback barbarians. Um, so, the first season that follows, like, this part of the storyline that follows her, um, eventually the guy she gets married off to dies and, like, she's burning the funeral pyre. She first she just gets the impulse to put these dragon eggs that she was given at her wedding into the funeral pyre, and they hatch. Like, that causes it to hatch. The eggs to hatch, and then dragons. Okay. So she starts taking over Essos, and, like, freeing all the slaves in Essos while her dragons are growing, and she's, got, she's getting ships ready, and ready to go into Westeros... And there's all the other story stuff going on in Westeros. And there's like a lot of stuff going on in Essos. But um, So season seven, she finally comes to Westeros and starts taking over that allies with Jon Snow, who is, oh God, there's, there's just too much storyline to explain.
0: Yeah. I was going to say like anything that you're saying (laughs) to me right now, I have no idea what you're saying. I thought Jon Snow died. In the first season. He,
2: oh, no, no. His father died. Oh. Who's not actually his father.
0: Okay, so this literally sounds like a fantasy general hospital. <laughs> like It sounds oh. like general... Like So for the last, I don't know, couple of months, I go out with my friends. You know, we're hanging out. We're having a good time. And then somebody brings up season eight of Game of Thrones. And immediately, I have no idea what anybody's talking about. And they're all giving me their theories on who's going to die and who's going to live and what's going to happen. And I'm sitting there just like scrolling through my Facebook looking for new memes because I don't care. Um, But
2: I hope Cersei dies.
0: You hope Cersei dies. Okay.
2: Anyway, so Jon Snow and Daenerys are getting ready to go up against the White Walkers. But the White Walkers killed one of Daenerys' dragons, so they now have an ice dragon that they ice zombified. So
0: season eight is going to be amazing. Season, Yeah, I actually, okay, so I did see one scene that somebody played on YouTube, I think, while I was hanging out with him, because uh, he was like, you have to see the scene, bro. And I was like, do I? Because I have no idea what's going on. And I'm pretty certain that it's your favorite character, D- mm. D- D- Daenerys. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to call her. Daenerys. And uh, she gives some guy a dragon and he gives her a stick and then she goes, am I now in charge of these people? And they're like, yeah, you hold the stick you hold the talking stick Um, like it's some support group. And Mm -hmm. she's like cool. And then she's like, I speak Dothraki and you can't you can't own a dragon you can only train one uh,
2: Valerian
0: sure <laughs> yeah
2: Valerian was the language okay. the dude was speaking High Valerian thinking she didn't know it but she could hear everything he was saying insulting her yeah he was calling her a bitch right multiple things
0: yeah and then uh, she had the dragon attack him and then had his armies attack him and it was a cool scene I was like alright that's neat no clue yeah. about any of that
2: yeah, she then like set all those people free, but they still chose to follow her. Right. She was like, you can do whatever you want. If you choose to follow me, that's great, but you're not obligated to.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I and I appreciated that about her. I was like, good on her. That's that's not very authoritarian of her. And she allowed the dragon to, you know, be its own thing. Um <laughs> Uh game of thrones people like if we want to talk star wars all day long i got you but game of thrones i'm completely lost um so we are pretty much just about out of time do you have things that you need to pitch for liberate rva or for capitalist memes for education or
2: economically literate teams. thank you um <laughs> uh, yeah go check us out give us a like um we have a liberate rva has a youtube channel so does cal mullin um yeah check us out and i hope you like your memes and stay liberated
0: stay liberated and uh if uh so i'm gonna do our closing out stuff and then uh if you want to hang out for a couple minutes afterwards uh and we can uh, finish our normal conversation that's not on the air and uh yeah so yeah hang out after the song basically (laughs) Uh, for everybody else remember you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash muddied waters of freedom you can find us on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media oh and on Twitter at muddied underscore waters and you can find this in every other episode at muddied waters uh, Tomorrow, Friday, is uh, an all-new episode of Mr. Murica: The Bearded Truth with Jason Lyons. Then we got two days off. And on next Monday, we start off the week again with Mr. Murica: The Bearded Truth. And then Tuesday, we will have the first episode of Muddied Waters of Freedom in a couple of weeks. So make sure you tune in for all of that and uh, have yourselves a fantastic weekend. And uh, just apparently tune in to uh, Game of Thrones next month. Always, always, yeah. Tune in to Game of Thrones next month. I have no idea if it's good, um, but people tell me it is. Don't read the books though. Um, but yeah. Anyway, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you all next week.
1: I am swinging from a seventh story window. Throwing parties in a 10x7 cell It's astounding the legs I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help Yeah, I am waving while I drown Don't bother swimming it to save me, I will only drag you down I'll try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two